Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. We have a very, very powerful show, powerful show for all of you. If you all are driving, you may want to think, well, wait a minute, I'm going to miss part of this because I'm going to run into the office or I'm going to be, whatever it is, you're going to want to come back. Today's show is so pivotal. Over the weekend, I had some time to think. On November 22nd, I don't know the right term. I think anniversary is still it, but it's kind of like a weird term. On November 22nd, it marked the death of my mom. And as I went through and I looked at this and I looked at Dr. Donna Marks and the fantastic book she read, I'm going to even read some parts of it for all of you out there. But one of the things I want to say to you is like my mom, my two moms, my sister, Doris, my sister Joyce, my sister Chicky, like those people, those women, the maze did not have an exit for them. They could not find their way out of the conundrum that we call addiction. And we're going to take a deeper dive into this because if you know this and you look at what Dr. Donna Marks has done, what she's dedicated her life to, Exit the maze, one addiction, one cause, one solution. If you look at that and you read this book and you're listening to this show today, you are going to want to pass this podcast on to the people you know, the loved ones you know. You're going to want to pass it on to people you don't even know what to say to because we are getting ready to enter in to one of the most deadly times of the year when it comes to people with, let me just call it addiction. If you're Dr. Marks, what you know is that you've a licensed psychotherapist and addiction counselor, Palm Beach, Florida, 30 years and developed so incredible chemical dependency training program has been honored by the governor and so much more. When we look at this and now we look at her books, you're going to understand today why we're living in a world where none of us that have taken this journey can explain why it is so, so hard. Dr. Marks, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much. And I'm deeply touched by your introduction about your own personal history with addiction. People don't realize uh, that they're addicted most of the time. And the, the, uh, the, and I was one of them. <laughs> and and the sicker we get, the more delusional our thinking. And it's because the addiction has literally hijacked our brains. And that's why we die. I mean, yeah. or go insane or do insane things that make us 
hate ourselves and hate everybody else. So my heart goes out to you. It's really tough to lose a mom, especially to addiction, but you've lost two moms and siblings. And that is very, very sad. Fortunately, you're turning that into helping other people. Uh, That's the only way out of your maze of pain and suffering from losing so many people so needlessly. You know, it's so interesting we're talking about this because I want to get right into your book to Exit the Maze. One of the things that I get asked as we talk about our expansion and our growth is what is what is going to be the first channel, the new expansion channel? And of course, we're going to have the ability to do more at one. But I have had more people, one in particular, step up and say, if you launch the addiction channel in January, I will completely make sure it's populated and funded now. If you're me and you're Benny, you've seen the landscape change. What is it, Dr. Marks, from your experience? What have you seen over time has been now the greatest obstacles that people are facing? Can I just say on the addiction and recovery journey? What what do you see? What's at your top three? Well, before I I can really get into that, I have to say that uh, the the main cause is that we've become so desensitized and so uninformed. Addiction is the number one killer. Why? Because almost all deadly illnesses are related to alcohol, drugs, sugar, and trans fats, heart disease, stroke, cancer, liver failure, uh, diabetes too, you can go right down, and suicide, go right down the list of the number one killers, and they're all related to addiction. Someone who continues to do something despite their weight gain, bes- bes- despite their heart condition, despite all of the things that they are given pills for to treat, but never address the underlying symptom, which is addiction. Yeah. They don't realize it. The doctors aren't trained to address it. everything's pharmaceutical. We were talking before the show about pills being administered to a generation before us, but they're still administering them only trillions of dollars more. So that's the main obstacle is that people don't realize they're addicted and they're not told that they're addicted. And even when they are, like when they come in here, they don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Let's just take a little deeper dive with that statement, because, you know, this is exactly what we're talking about today. And it is very, very difficult when you see somebody go into treatment, relapse, go into treatment, relapse, go into treatment, relapse, go into treatment, take out three cars on the highway, relapse, go into treatment. But it's one thing, there's a quote on your book, in your book uh, by Margaret Atwood. Oh my God, The Handmaid's Tale. That's a whole different show. A rat <laughs> in a, that's, that is right. And actually there's a new movie coming out and that's about a whole different addiction. But here's the quote, a rat in a maze is free to go anywhere as long as it stays inside the maze. That sums up addiction perfectly, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Because as I say in the book, there's really only one addiction. Mm -hmm. It's that void. It's what I call the invisible hole. And we're always having this feeling that something's missing. So when someone goes to treatment, unless that is addressed, they're just going to transfer to another addiction and they'll go through their whole life or decades of their life, like I did from one addiction to the next, never understanding that there's only one. And until I heal that void and 
fill it with other things. What I teach people in my practice is how to love themselves. Once they substitute a loving behavior with an addiction, or I should say that reverse, Mm -hmm. once they replace the addiction with a loving behavior, they soon forget all about the addiction. They're just enjoying their lives. They, They drain the addiction of any value. And the reason that people don't want to see that they're addicted is because they become so dependent and their addiction won't let them see that they're so dependent. They just say they have a bad habit or something like that. So once we learn how to replace that addiction with self-love, then it drains the addiction rather than the addiction draining us. I hear all the time with people that I work with in, in my concierge practice, if I would have done this, if I would have been able to realize this and heal myself decades ago, and I, I mainly deal with successful people, by the way, I do go into institutions and things like that and, and work you know, on a volunteer basis with, with indigent people. But most of my practice is, is highly successful people, but they realize, oh, just imagine what I could have accomplished if I'd been sober all those years ago. So it, it does drain us. And, and that's the number one thing that people will recognize. You know, it took all my energy, all my effort. And once I put that into self-love, I feel happy. I feel good. I feel fulfilled. And boy, I want to tell you, we're going to get into this during the show. Uh, self-love is a word that in in our genre, in the genre that so many look at here with uh, with positive talk, you know, self-love is a word that in my life experience did not happen by itself. I would have never gotten here by myself. Now, I know that today. I didn't know that then, but I got a taste of it early on from Linda and her family to help me see certain things. But boy, it is not the one that you could do alone. My mom couldn't do it. And that void you're talking about, I clearly... No. And the only reason I know Dr. Marks is because my mom, before she passed, wrote letters to my dad. My dad remarried. He threw them out, threw them out. My stepmom pulled them out of the garbage. And when my dad passed, gave them to me so I could hear the pain of that void in her voice. And if it's, you know, I've been asked to publish the letter in so in, in, within the spirit of helping people with addiction. I may or may not do that, but what you're here to tell people and today is there is an exit, isn't there? There is a way out. Yes, and absolutely. And addiction is not the way out because what happens when you're in pain (laughs) and you're taking substances, it makes the depression and the pain worse. It does not make it better. So this is a serious problem and we can't heal. Uh, so many people, when they go off substances, they realize, oh my God, I feel so much better. I'm not even worried about that anymore. Why was I, why, why, why couldn't I get on with my life? Well, it's because they were medicating their emotions and they can't get better as long as they're yeah. doing it. Yeah, we're going to take a short break. But before we do, uh, in this fantastic books for the book, for those of you that are just tuning in, I want you to know this, that today I uh, have the honor and the privilege of having this conversation with Dr. Donner Marks. Exit the maze. One addiction, one cause, one solution. When we come back, we're going to take a closer look and a closer look at a number of different things. I want you to hold on to this thought. And if there's nothing else you do, 
pass this along. In the United States alone, this is from Dr. Donna's book. In the United States alone, well over 100 million people suffer from addiction. According to the research, there are 15.1 million alcohol abusers, 11.7 million opiate abusers, 10 million with gambling disorders, 50 million addicted to nicotine, 70 million addicted to food, 9 million engaged in sex addiction, 18 million shopping addicts, 8.1 million have illegal drug use disorder. Now, here's what I want to say as we go to break. Those of us that research, we already know those numbers are understatement because the thing people don't admit to any of this. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about maximum medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly all with the purpose of calling forth the Maximum You. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie Show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Have you been on life's roller coaster trying to figure out what to do next? Then join Greta, Lee, Yvonne in the Realm of Beings each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Shake the dust off your wings and fly to the highest heights in your thoughts and actions. Express your greatness. Be a champion for yourself. And we'll see you there on Shifting Impressions Conversations with the Realm of Beings. Are you looking for a way to break old habits that are holding you back from reaching your true potential and living the life you deserve? Well, look no further than Dr. Loretta Billups. She is a clinician and a relationship and mental health coach that will assist you with reaching your purpose. She will hold you accountable so that your desires are now a reality. Connect with Dr. B at cultivatingyourlife.com and find your path today. That's cultivatingyourlife.com. Tune into the Life Strategy Show with your life strategy mentor, Lolita Smith, and say yes to bringing prosperity and success to your future right here and right now. Life is a picture of your mind, and Lolita is here to help you imagine it. Say goodbye to the strings of the past that have been holding you back for far too long. Rise up with Lolita and say yes to the solutions, prosperity, and unlimited possibility. Visit LifeStrategyMentor.com. That's LifeStrategyMentor.com. Welcome back, everyone. 1-800-930-2819. If you would like to give us a call and um, questions for Dr. Donna Marks, 
um, look, millions of lives are just suffering. I just want to say that. And what we're talking about is you got to feel better. So what do you do when you feel better? You know, a pill, a potion, a lotion, or something you're going to eat or put in your, in, in your body, because the, the pain, the emptiness of pain or the void, as Dr. Marks has just pointed out, you can't find the words for it, especially if you're that person. I knew my mom couldn't, but Dr. Donna Marks is a renowned psychotherapist, addiction counselor, and teacher of one of my favorite courses. I do it every year, getting ready to get geared up for it in January, A Course in Miracles. But here we are today, and we're looking at the maze. Um, Dr. Marks, thank you so much. What is the best way for people to get a copy of the book? Also, you have a contest. Tell us about that. Well, um, the contest is um, if you uh, order a copy of the book, your name will be entered into uh, one of three free sessions. And my minimum rate uh, right now in Palm Beach is $500 an hour. So it's quite a value. Yeah. And um, plus the fact that I just I, I just love meeting all of you and helping. This is really what it's about for me. And I have been doing yeah. it all career. Uh, I, I have evolved into a... Um, an unusual type of technique because I, I got tired of sending people to treatment and seeing them fail, uh, you know, and I, I, and my own, my own process too. So I know what works. I know what doesn't work. And so uh, I'd love people to, to get a copy of the book. It's going to be released tomorrow on Amazon, Barnes Noble, all the, all the websites. And then Simon Schuster will be distributing it throughout the bookstores too. But it would be wonderful for people to get a copy and uh, and and the book too. There's exercises, which is nice. Uh, I've gotten so much feedback about that. You know, the exercises really help me to understand myself, and so that's a big part of the book. There are statistics, there are facts, like you presented earlier about how serious yes. of a problem this is. Uh, but when when I'm working with someone and teaching them how to love themselves. This is a challenge. It was a challenge for me too. I didn't know I didn't love myself. I didn't know that's why I relapsed after two decades of recovery. And, uh, you know, it was spiritually revealed to me, fortunately, right before I got sober again over 10 years ago. But it is a serious issue. We think love is something that it's not. And I teach people it's an action word. You do something that either makes you feel good, which is addiction. Or you do something that makes you feel good about yourself. And that's love. Yeah. Big difference. It's Big a huge difference. difference. I want to talk about a couple of things you just mentioned right there and kind of get down to it. Um, Carl Jung, many years ago, and by the way, was only acknowledged by Bill Wilson in 61, formally acknowledged in a letter. But many years ago, Carl Jung threw his hands up and said, I can't help this man, Rollin H. I can't help him. And, you know, sent, sent this man on his way and said, you have to have a spiritual experience. Okay. Now, back then, if you're Carl Jung and you read the letter he wrote, he says he could, he wished he could have done more. He couldn't. He was so criticized <laughs> for putting psychology and spirituality together. But let's talk about this for a minute, because you and I have something important in common. And it wasn't until I got this awareness that things started to change for me. 
And I don't care how many times you read the 12 steps. My focus was on the promises. But there's something underneath this that could help people. How should I say it? Fill that void. And it isn't what we're talking about. So let's talk about what the journey looks like for someone that approaches you and want to have a different life. You know, let's look at this and say, where do we start, Dr. Dr. Marks, right? Well, <laughs> they've started once they make an appointment because they know something's wrong. Yep. And uh, I am a psychoanalyst. I was studied in classical analysis, which didn't really approve of young. So I studied young on my own because I am very <laughs> spiritual and I, uh, I, I really like it. And he nailed it. You know, this is a spiritual problem. But spirituality is something that people sometimes shut their ears off to when they hear it. So when I'm working with someone, I start off by saying, why do you think you're here on the planet? And they usually don't know. They don't have an answer, but that starts the process. And then I'll say, uh, how do you, what do you think about the concept of God? And almost always they'll say, I just don't buy it. Well, what they really don't buy is what they were fed, you know, growing up. And so they would be indoctrinated and they would observe all these people that weren't doing anything that they were trying to indoctrinate the child to. And my experience with when working with kids is they're naturally spiritual because they're full of love. So what I try to help people to to see is to develop a higher power of their own understanding, which is exactly what the 12 steps teach. But it could be nature. It could be music. It could be gardening, anything that lifts you, elevates you, makes you feel connected. But beyond that, we have to learn how to love ourselves and other people. So I'll ask people, well, do you believe in love? And they'll say, yes, I do. Almost always. I haven't had it, but I believe in it. Yeah. (laughs) And then I say, well, that's where we'll begin. Can you make love your higher power? And you can simply say, is this good for me? Is this good for this relationship? And that will take you in the direction of self-love. It's It seems obtuse to a lot of people until I'm working with them and they begin to say, you know, I, I thought about eating those cookies for breakfast, but I decided to throw them away instead. I'm not, I, I'm really serious about this. I, I just am not going to do this to myself anymore. I know I feel really happy and good when I'm eating them, but then I feel like beating myself up. And I teach them that the addiction is the voice of the ego that talks you into doing the wrong thing and then turns around and beats you up for doing it. Once people get on to how the addiction works, they begin to have a really shift over to the loving self that says, you know, I I wouldn't give this to my five-year-old. So why am I doing it to myself? So many kids are sent to school on sugar, which is called cereal, pure sugar, practically maybe some vitamins sprinkled in, they get sent to school, they're hyped up from the sugar, then they crash and they can't concentrate and they're labeled. You need to go, you need to send your child to Dr. So-and-so. We think they have a learning disability. Well, what they have is a biochemical disability from what they had for breakfast or the parents are fighting or there's a single mom or dad all stressed out. The child is going to school with all this in their little brains. (laughs) too much to process. And so 
they get sent, they get put on Ritalin or Adderall, which permanently alters their brain and makes yeah. them susceptible for future addiction. Now, I know the research says, oh, the studies are saying that that's not true. But there are some studies that are saying it is true. And common sense will tell you it's true. When you're putting drugs in a developing brain, the male brain doesn't fully develop until age 27, female 23 to 25, it is altering and it is creating a drug-seeking brain, an addiction-seeking brain. So we've got, this is one of the things that we've really got to control because that's teaching a child, you're not okay, you, you are deficient, there's the void forming already, I'm different, I'm not okay, what's wrong with me? And that just continues to grow. And then when you fuel it with drugs, whether you're a child or an adult and you get put on um, benzos or, you know, most antidepressants, there are rare cases where people need medication, but we need to learn how to love ourselves first and foremost. That's the only thing that's going to fill the void. I actually have in, in, uh, on my website and in, in, my, um, in my next book, a uh, hundred plus ways to self-love. It begins with waking up in the morning and being grateful for what you have. Absolutely. You not have much, but you might have a mattress. You might have walls. You have fresh air. You have lungs that are <clears throat> that are breathing that fresh air. You have something to be grateful for. And then I teach people, whether you believe it or not, try praying. See if it makes a difference. What have you got to lose? You don't have to believe in the God of anybody else's understanding. You can just say, I don't know who you are, but I'm willing to pray to you and see what happens. I get so much positive feedback about this kind of thing. Then treat yourself like a small child. Put nutrients in your body, not garbage. Don't treat your body like a toxic waste dump. Treat it like a holy temple. And when you're feeling lonely, pick up the phone and check on somebody. Offer to do something, run an errand for a neighbor. Get out of the box. And the more you get out of the box, the more you're out of the maze. Anyhow, all this is in the book. I, I can't, we don't have no, time. No, I love it. No, it's but that's actually, examples. that is perfect because this is a thing we have to hear right now because without this, we eliminate hope, right? Without promises, we eliminate hope. You know, without, I mean, hope is one of the most powerful things we have. And I have found exactly like you said, my pathway to hope is gratitude because I learned a long time ago when somebody said, I dare you to have gratitude and do gratitude, whatever you do, Pat. And I have a gratitude exercise. I dare you to do that and have fear exist at the same time. And I tried hard. I just, I just, placed it way up at the top, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. And I couldn't find fear in my life. When we come back, why is that? And here's something really important that I want, I want to share that's in, I'm so glad Dr. Donna Marks has covered this in this way. There's no question when I look at the history of my life and so many I've worked with and my mom, my family, that there is such a thing as attachment. It is one of the most under-researched, understated, and prevalent energies that we have. COVID-19 brought this, let's say, disorder, if we could, because it is a thing, it is a theory, it has been studied. We are now getting waves of what that means. But even more importantly, if you read her book, you're going to find 
that you may have some things in common with what we're about to talk about. And it's okay. It's okay to find that. You're okay. When we come back, you're going to hear what it is. You're going to hear how it shows up. And you're going to hear what you can do about it from Dr. Donna Marks. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. You can't just fix yourself on the outside and expect the inside to follow. Whether you're 5 or 85, healthy living can begin whenever you decide you want a better life. Tune into Keeping Up with Barbara Scheidegger every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com to learn about implementing a daily routine and finding a balance to improve your life. Learn to live agelessly. Go to BarbaraScheidegger.com. That's Barbara, S-C-H-E-I-D-E-G-G-E-R.com. Your own innate brilliance already lives inside of you. Come discover it so you can shine brightly in this world. Join me, your host, Adrian Cobb, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern during Wild Magic on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get answers to who you are and where you belong. To learn more about me and the show, visit MyWildMagic.com. Again, that's MyWildMagic.com. It's time to tap into your divine self through angelic guidance. Join your host, Cindy Smith, and co-hosts in The Angel Empowerment Show, From I Can't to I Can, airing every Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn from four of the best angel empowerment practitioners in the field. Together, they will share experiential teachings and offer live, on-air professional angel card readings, and much more. For more information, visit CindySmithAEP.com. You are made for more. I'm Coach Lisa, and I'm here to help you achieve ultimate life satisfaction. Your life matters to the world. Reimagine your future with an individualized life by design approach with my free ebook, The Five C's of Coaching Commitment, Clarity, Coachable, Creative, and Change. Find the transformation you're looking for. Go to lisabelts.com. That's L Y S A B E L T Z.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am the creator of the Transformation Network, doing what we do in the world of positive radio, informed, educated, positive media. Independent radio hosts and independent networks have been the face of positive messaging over the past decade. So all of us here have decided we're going to put together an independent network that is going to enable people to bring their positive message of hope, inspiration, and conscious action to the forefront. Help us create a future of amazing, uplifting stories that can be told so we can tell our children and they can tell their children of what hope and conscious action is all about. I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. I want you to just uh, just kind of go over to drdonnamarks.com, D-R-Donna, D-O-N-N-A, Marks, M-A-R-K-S.com. And when you go over there, you're going to see the book. Congratulations on a phenomenal book, by the way. Um, I can't wait till your next book comes out. Uh, um, also, there's a great contest over there. Go check it out. Uh, the winners will be announced, winners with an S, on February 14th. I love that you're picking that day. Um, I want to thank you for writing something that
that the average everyday person can understand and relate to. Now, why am I saying that? It's because sometimes when we enter the world of addiction and recovery, you know, we, we especially journal articles, we write so much that is so far away from the heart that people get feel like they're being lectured. But what we're talking about in this book is a deep understanding that if we understand what you're talking about, Dr. Marks, and we understand, for lack of a better word, the void that we carry from whatever reasons we carry it, there is a way to exit the maze. Isn't that what you're saying in your book, more or less? Absolutely. <clears throat> there, there is a way, and it's not even that hard. <laughs> you know, every, every addiction is a substitute for love. So once we learn how to love ourselves, we forget about even going. We don't even want to go into the maze. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get back to something you said, and it's going to take us to a conversation about addiction. Uh, and attachment disorder. I want to I want to remind people what you said in the first segment or second segment. What you said is find something. You didn't say what it was, but find something that gives you that sense, that feeling of of love, of peace. And it's different for everybody. I play a sport, and when I play this sport, the, everything stops. I am in a happy place. I am in a happy zone. You know, that's just one thing in my life. When I do this show. This is 20 years. The minute I got behind a mic, everything else that's swirling around stopped. But it could be anything. You know, my friend Linda used to crochet and knit. Pick what that is for you without judgment. Right, Dr. Marks? Without <laughs> Absol judgment. Absolutely. So if someone, um, whatever they're addicted to, they can convert that into something that they love. So uh, let's say a food addict, rather than eating all these things that are causing health problems and low self-esteem, they can learn how to cook healthy, uh, read about recipes, take cooking classes, and convert that energy of, of obsessing about bad food into uh, creating good food. And I, I do this all the time with people. I was recently talking to someone who had a, a problem with food and uh, that person started cooking his favorite dishes that he hadn't had in a long time and they were all healthy and the pounds just started dropping off. But it's not so much about the pounds, which is very important for his health, but his self-esteem, every yeah. pound he lost, his self-esteem increased. Um, people who that are, are abusing drugs can often find a, a career, uh, not while they're using drugs, but they can find a career in science. They're science-minded, uh, pharmaceuticals, medicine, all of this. But of course, they have to recovery first. But whatever the whatever the addiction is, uh, some people have sex and love addiction. You know, they can convert that into being therapists, sex therapists. But again, once they're on the other side, because you want to do this from the healthy perspective, not from the deadly perspective. I want to make a comment on this. And uh, one of the addictions we haven't mentioned, and I, I have mentioned this several years ago. We are addicted. We are addicted to digital information. Now, I say that very lightly because it comes in so many forms. I used to say cell phones. I don't say that anymore because there's so many ways. When you are that person that cannot lose your phone for a day without a complete panic attack. And by the way, you're not a doctor that needs it for service, right? You're like me. 
if you can't put that phone in the drawer, you have to ask yourself why. Yes, that's important. And I, I noticed the first time I left my phone at home, I was having those feelings and I went home and got it. And then uh, after that, uh, I said, you know what, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait and manage myself here because this is ridiculous. Yeah. Of course, now with my concierge practice, I do have to have it. I, I am 24 seven accessible to people. So I do have to have it, but I make a point of, you know, limiting my, I'm not like did it constantly because it, it, it can be an addiction. And uh, as we were talking about earlier, every addiction is a substitute for love. And when we get too attached to that immediate gratification and that need constantly to fill that void, rather than just be with that void and learn how to make attachments to healthy things, then we are going to remain in that maze one way yeah. or another. It could be uh, the, the yeah. digital maze. It could be, like I said, and you get rid of one, you're going to find another. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I love what we're talking about. And I want to get back to it, but I'm going to talk about attachment disorder because yes. I love the story of the food because I went back to uh, my doctor had put me on gabapentin for, I had two knee replacements and I didn't know anything. You would think that with like my history of stuff that I would have looked that drug up like, no, it's a nerve blocker. What I didn't know is it blocks all your nerves, like not the nerve to the knee, like nerves to your metabolism. So this has been an interesting battle. The minute I found that out, I'm like, dude, I'm not taking this anymore. I, that's it. But just the impact of that drug that can be prescribed and not understanding it has had an effect for almost a year. Now, imagine that is a prescription drug that helps a lot of people, but imagine that you're out there and you are putting stuff in your body and you don't even know what that is, right? Here's what we want to say. Is it the drug or is it something else? Because if you're healing, if you're trying to heal a symptom and not the root item, Symptoms have a way of coming back and looking like something totally different. Attachment disorder. I am so glad you talk about it. Tell us what that is from your perspective and well, why you decided to talk about it. Because, I, well, you know, I am a psychoanalyst and I did study Freud and he was the first one that introduced this concept. He did. And we don't give him enough credit. I mean, he missed the whole spirituality thing, but he certainly nailed it when it comes to, you know, uh, development and healthy development and psychological development. That's where the early bond occurred. You know, it's really fresh in my mind because we have a grandbaby girl in our family, and I see it so clearly with uh, her, her mom and, and she. And uh, this is critical that when the baby's born, that mother holds the baby, looks in the baby's eyes, and as time goes on, that early initial bonding continues. When she's feeding the baby, she's not on her phone, she's not watching TV, she's not looking away, she's valuing that, that infant, she's connecting with that infant, and that infant has that eye-to-eye -eye contact. Everybody I've uh, ever worked with in sex and love addiction, they're searching desperately for that eye-to-eye -eye contact. I know yeah. for sure when I see that, that they didn't get it 
And now they're trying to still unconsciously make that contact. So that's part of it. The other part is that that baby feels safe and secure and nurtured. And that's their early indication of what it's like to feel loved. And, and then also that they're not going to be hurt or if the parent does do something like yell or whatever, that the, as the child gets a little older, the, the mom and the dad saying, we're sorry, we didn't mean to lose our temper. It's not your fault. So that they don't internalize that their parents' upset is their cause. Uh, now, sometimes it is, but, you know, they're children. <laughs> so if they throw the toy across the room, you know, we sit down and we say, that's not okay. This is why it's not Okay. You need to give words to your your feelings. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. But what, you know, if you're sad, it's okay to cry, and we hold them and nurture them. And if you're angry, talk about it. Don't just throw your toy at me. It's not okay. That's not okay behavior. It's not going to work out there in the real world. So these are things that create a child to feel safe, to feel loved, to feel secure, and so they attach to those feelings and other human beings who provide and share and receive those types of feelings with. When children have a disorder, they will seek that feeling, that warm, glowy, loving feeling through other means, pills, alcohol, extreme sports, pornography, sex addiction, love addiction, alcoholism. It it just, the list is really endless. They will seek it to either get that warm, glowy feeling elsewhere of course, you know, we all know with drugs, it's you never get it. You're always chasing that first experience, but also to be able to find that source through other means. And it doesn't just have to be other people, but people have to be in your life. You cannot, as you said, alone, but other interests, but you can get addicted to people too. You can just transfer your addiction. I have to be around people all the time. You know, that's not healthy either. <laughs> the balance between quality, loving relationships. And that's with an S on the end, not you and me against the world. <laughs> quality relationships and hobbies and interests, music, nature, whatever, whatever floats you, whatever elevates you into that feeling. Uh, this feels so good. I really need this. Some people um, go swimming. Some people go for walks on the beach. Some people go into the woods. Some people plan a garden. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is that really makes you feel connected, you attach to, to relationships and things that make you feel good. And then you're not looking for yeah. a substitute. I love this. And this is so like what I want to say, and please comment on this. This is the, you enter the world of non-judgment around yourself for this, because this is where you get into trouble. When you say, I love to do this, and your brother, your sister, your friend says, seriously, that? So this is an area where you have to protect it like you're protecting your heart and do it, right? We mentioned Jung and Freud. Here's the thing with these two guys. These two guys spent 13 hours together and became friends. I do not think either one of them would be talked about as much as they are without the other. And there's a reason for that. They represent multiple perspectives, and we need those perspectives. In the world we live in now, we're so quick to tell somebody that whatever that is they're doing to feel that love is not good enough. You see what I'm saying? It's the not good enough thing, too. How do we say to folks, and I know you do this, and I know I do this, because I where I get my mojo, yes, from doing this show, but I play a sport that I hit a little white ball. 
very fast. Time stands still. I'm pretty good at it, but I don't even need to be good at it. There's something about that for me that does something up here. And when I tell people, they laugh. The laughter shouldn't stop us from loving ourselves in whatever way that is. Right, Dr. Marks? Right. And you're good enough because you exist. That's good enough. <laughs> Thank you for that That's reminder. That's good enough. And so what's happening, you're getting in the zone. You're in the zen because you're at one with the ball. You're not, you, you have to, everything else just kind of falls away and it's you and that item. And there's all this other stuff in, in the background. And just to be still and quiet and in your center, even briefly, yep. will take you to another, it will elevate you to yep. your true self, your true consciousness, which is calm and peace. Yeah. There's nothing missing. And there's nothing state. missing. Somebody asked me, and I would like you to comment on this because you know, you and I have a history. We could do a whole show on our journey. And I have a number of hosts that are right out of the gate. They're talking about addiction, recovery. There's nothing that's holding them back now. And I have to let me just comment. COVID was not good for a lot of reasons, but COVID was very good for other reasons. One of them was. It broke down the walls. It broke down the walls in AANAOAC CODA, all of those programs that many of us fought at gatherings, high level meetings. And we said, you must put these meetings online. What COVID did is it said, that's the only way you're going to meet. And you can't put that genie back in the bag. You can't take that genie and say, no, you can't do it. Why? Because there's a connection when people come together. And I want to talk about that for going into the holidays now and ask you, what can we say to folks? We're getting ready to go on holidays. Some people, they're getting together for the first time in like three years. Hello, right? But others are not. This time of year seems extraordinarily tough. What would you say about this time of year and how we can help people? Well, I, I, I'd like to say a couple of things. I, I've written a, a couple of blogs about this and on my website, if you register, it doesn't cost anything. You'll automatically get that weekly blog. Also, I have free Course of Miracles meetings every week on Zoom, and people can join those for free as well. I love that. So, and and I'd just like to say something about meetings and COVID. I was extremely upset that the meetings shut down. I don't know about um, Washington. I know it's more strict than Florida, but for mental health and medical reasons, businesses were allowed to stay open. And I went to work every day during COVID and I told people, it's your choice. If you don't yeah. feel comfortable coming in, please don't yeah. <laughs> to do what you need. But I'm here. I'm here and I'll wear a mask if you'd like. And I had no fear of it because I'm healthy. And I heard over and over again, people that have these addiction related disorders, not all of them, but 90 something percent, you know, they had they had good reason to be concerned because if they got COVID, they would high probability they would die. So um, I, I really fought in the community here to keep the rooms open and give people the choice. They don't have yeah. to come if they don't want to. But anyhow, it didn't work. You know, I, I but I, I do say it whenever I'm on a show, we cannot close our doors to people with deadly illnesses. Cannot. If you can keep the hospitals open, you can keep the rooms open because this is the lifeline. And we lost a lot of people down here because of uh, no meetings. What do you mean oh, going on a Zoom? Everywhere. I don't have a computer. I don't everywhere. Have a computer. 
how am I going to get on a Zoom meeting? And they overdosed with this horrible fentanyl thing that's going on. They did not necessarily do it intentionally. They just went back out and that was the consequence. They died. Fentanyl, you died just like that. By the time you realize you're not feeling well, it's too late. It's too late. And there's fentanyl. We could do a whole nother show on the latest information that fentanyl is being cut in almost everything you're getting off the street. Just saying, just like heroin used to be cut. That used to be cut, right? When I was growing up, and I know I know a lot about this, used to be cut in everything because they wanted people to become addicted. Here's the thing I love about what you said. Clearly, I know this in my state. There are some places that had to shut their doors because they had to shut their doors. For example, meetings were held in a senior center, and that senior center officially shut its doors. I mean, you couldn't even get seniors in there, which is another heartbreak story. Oh, for sure. That's another story. Another isolation. Total isolation. Mm -hmm. But we cannot cut people out from this connection that they so need, right? And I don't know what we can say about that as we move forward. I know doors are opening. Some are a little bit more, some are a little bit less. But wear a mask, wear a helmet if you need to wear it. But we cannot isolate people that are in the middle of an addiction moment. Have a disease of isolation. It is. It's a disease of isolation. They come out into the light and then you turn off the switch on them. That is so horrible in my mind. That is is so fear driven and the opposite of what recovery is about. It's the same reason they take a risk and see what it's like to be sober and then slam the door on their face. But how about the compound issue of this? I watch one of the largest churches in the United States. I'm not practicing with that church, but I've watched that church who I do listen to some of the pastor's message. Shut the doors. Now, the good news for this guy is he has a huge online presence, but not every local church does. If there's one not thing everybody we, has a computer. Not everybody has a computer. And even if you have it, it doesn't mean you know how to navigate these waters. But what your book does, it provides something that many people don't even know is an option for them, Dr. Marks, and that is an exit. And with every exit, you need to have an exit strategy. And that's what you provide as well, don't you? Absolutely. The exit strategy out of, out of addiction is to understand what caused the void and uh, take a deep dive into your past. Almost always, not 100%, but almost 100%, there's unhealed trauma there. Sometimes people don't realize they had trauma. They just thought, oh, this was just normal in our family. Everybody was that way. And, And they don't realize that certain things had an effect that started it could have been like they were diagnosed with ADDH or it could have just been yeah. that the, 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 the parents were divorced and one parent, you know, it, it, there's just so, oh, but my mother was wonderful. My dad was wonderful, but still w- w- what was that little kid experiencing in that moment? So it could be something mild or it could be some so, severe abuse uh, like physical, yeah. sexual, emotional, abandonment, neglect. There's so many different kinds of things that can happen And I'm not blaming parents. We don't, and I say this in the book, we don't look at our past to blame parents, but we must look at it to heal the problem. Otherwise that void, that invisible hole will stay in place and it will grow over time. So we have to be able to address it, to mourn it, to grieve it, 
Uh, it's really important. And because otherwise you're not letting go of it. It's unconsciously causing you to do the same thing again and again, because you still have that hole and you still have that unconscious reenactment going on. So it's very important to address this. And if you're depressed during the holidays, to get back to your earlier question, to, to reach out for help, get some good help. And even if you have to go to group therapy somewhere, there, there, there's people available. If you, uh, if you can volunteer, the greatest thing in the world for isolation, loneliness, and depression is to go out and give of yourself. Sometimes people get so depressed, they can't get out of bed in the morning, but you can get out of the bed in the morning. You just decide you're going to do it. And even if it's just a little bit every day of progress that you make, maybe you just pick up the phone and you check on somebody else that, that needs to hear from, from a friend. Or eventually you go to Salvation Army, or you go to a senior center, or you go to a homeless shelter, or you serve in a food mine. Yeah. These things take you out of yourself and get you at one with, like you talked about earlier with that ball, you're at one with a cause and something that's not related to your problems. And just that momentary relief, can it's like being in a very dark room and your light switch goes on. That's all it takes for you to say, I want more light. I don't want to live in the dark anymore. The thing that saved me in 1992 when I moved to Seattle, I moved to one of the best places you could possibly live that have services that you can volunteer and help others. Where I came from, when I go back for the holidays, I can't even find that service. But in the greater Seattle area, what saved me, two things saved me. I was 25 feet from the Alano Club, 24-7 fellowship, and the volunteer work, chicken brigade meals for people with aids i did it for three months and you you nailed it be of service and be of service to yourself dr marks thank you so much for today my pleasure and just to say that um recovery meetings you know sometimes people say i don't like it you know they <laughs> you know try it just try it and try liking it you know go there with a different attitude yeah. than i don't like it you know go there with a uh wow, this is a really powerful organization and what can I share and receive from it? 